I put the pack in the trunk, now I'm back in the front and I'm dashing the whip on the road. Met this little baddie, we little, but back there, Chris ain't smashing and I gotta go. Dripping like I caught a lead, too much water around me, it makes sense, I got too many flows. On top of the pillar, can't settle for silver, I always deliver like straight to the dough. Don't pay a label, just pay me. Ain't seen no loyalty lately. Seem like these niggas switching like KD. Made my birthday in a picture like HD. I take over the internet HP. Can't have this life, you lazy. I save others cause nobody save me. Way too icy, I'm sipping on Freon. But I'm always on legends like Vion. Running out of these eyes that I feed on. Been put you on cause you ain't put me on. I've been on the same grind and had Creed on. On the road to redemption like Theon. I ain't made it until the whole team on. High expectations and I just been proving it. Feeling some weight and it's straight to the booth with it. Whipping the van cause it fits the old crew and ain't moving, I move. This shit is just ludicrous. Brothers ain't blood and a few in the streets. Few of my brothers, they ball overseas. I got some brothers that's next in the league. You ask them who ballin', they all look at me. I put the pack in the trunk, now I'm back in the front and I'm bashing the whip on the road. Welcome to the fifth quarter where we strive to give you the real. Deliver the facts, so just sit back. You just entered the fifth quarter. All right, man, it's Fifth Quarter Sports. I'm Coach Cam. I'm here with you, and I got KD on the other line. KD, say what's up to the peoples. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, man? Back again for another episode of Fifth Quarter Sports. We're going to get into the national championship breakdown. We had the national title game between Bama and Ohio State. The final score of that game was 52-24. to 24. I predicted a blowout. I don't know if you want to call it a blowout, but I predicted 40 to 25. I think I'm a little upset I only gave Bama 40 points. I didn't think that they'd be stopped, but hey, I was proven to be right on that particular topic. But nonetheless, 40 to 25, they ended up beating them 52 to 24. So, KD, just give me your breakdown on what you saw from the game, man. Well, I mean, Bama could have scored 102 if they wanted to. I mean, Devontae <laughs> Smith had 200 yards and three touchdowns before the half. Mm-hmm. It was just a completely dominant performance by Alabama on a national stage. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the rest of the country just has to keep up. So, I, I don't know necessarily what you do. Yes, they lose quite a bit of players, Mac Jones and Devontae Smith, amongst others. But Alabama is Alabama at this point, and you know, even losing coaches and everything, the standard is still a standard, and Alabama is the best in college football. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like I said, man, uh, predicted a blowout. Um, the point spread, I think it started out at uh, at minus eight. I think it ended at uh, minus eight and a half by the time game time came. Uh, you know, like I said, I predicted a blowout on the last episode. I thought that they, that they uh, you know, pretty handily win the game, and they did, um, you know, I think the game was effectively lost in that second quarter. Bama put up 28 points on them in the uh, second quarter, kind of the same way that uh, Ohio State did to Clemson in the semifinal, so kind of ironic. But nonetheless, they lost that game once that second quarter got underway and finished. And uh, Trey Sermon went down, first play of the game. I know you got a lot of people that are going to make some of those excuses for Ohio State. I'm not into the excuse-making business. You play with who you got on the field, and that is what it is, including Justin Fields. Of course, he you know he, he had the uh, injury to the ribs or hip or whatever the actual injury was. Never really got clarification on that. But nonetheless, he uh, Trey Sermon went down on the first play. But, hey, they had Master Teague, who was starting most of the season. He was there, available, and that's who they went with. Again, you play with who you got to play with. But, um, you know, I heard some of that banter going back and forth, too, about – 
you know, them losing him or, or, or not really banter, but I heard some of the uh, announcers kind of saying something about that. Like, hey, you know, they lost Trey Sermon on the first play, but I'm like, hey, don't give them no excuses. You know what I mean? You play with who you got to play with. It's not like the guy behind him is some scrub. The guy behind him, you know, another five or four star kid. You know what I mean? So you got to play with who you got to play with. Um, aside from that, Chris Olave or Olave held in check most of the game. Uh, as you mentioned, Devontae Smith, he went off, uh, just had a fantastic game, really represented himself as a Heisman winner. I predicted that he should be the Heisman winner, you know, uh, prior to the official announcement coming out. He did win the Heisman, and he showed his ass off in that game. What do you he, think he about it? He definitely did. And and just to back up for a minute, um, you know, that obviously the sermons getting hurt was big for Ohio State, and uh, Fields might not have been at 100%, but the, mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is Ohio State couldn't stop Alabama at all. Not at and all. And those two guys don't play defense, so regardless of their availability, Alabama still would have – I mean, they still went up and down the field on them. Yeah. Um, as far as Devontae Smith, you know, I'm, I'm just glad to see that the Heisman Committee actually recognized the guy who was the best football player, the mm-hmm. way uh, the award was attended and not the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was refreshing to see that him, um, the most deserving player, actually won it. Yeah, yeah, I was happy to see that as well. You know, there's a little bit of um, uncertainty, uh, uh, you know, as to whether that would happen or whatnot. But I, I think uh, after a while it got to a point where it's like, man, if you don't get this kid the, the Heisman, who are you going to give it to? You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. He was clearly the best player, you know, in college football. And um, none of us, that you know, saw him winning the Heisman. So I think if you put anybody on a, a lie detector test, they uh, will fail, you know what I mean, if they – if you asked them if they thought Devontae Smith was going to win the Heisman. Again, the last time we saw a wide receiver win the Heisman was Desmond Howard uh, at Michigan. And um, so it's been a while and predominantly a quarterback award. And um, speaking of the quarterbacks, Justin Fields, uh, you know, most of the game he was held in check. Uh, he was 17-33, 194 yards and a touchdown. Um, my question is, Mac Jones, is he getting enough credit for his performance? He was 36 of 45, 464 yards and five touchdowns in the national championship game. Is Mac Jones getting enough credit for his performance in this game? Uh, the thing is, and Jacksonville's very own Mac Jones who went to Bowles High mm-hmm. School where, um, you know, the city's very proud of his accomplishments. Absolutely. But if you look at some of those plays, I mean, Devontae had a uh, touchdown play on a vertical route and he's being covered by a linebacker and i mean no disrespect to to mac jones but that's that's Mm -hmm. a layup in terms of throwing the ball right Mm -hmm. and you know the one route Devontae smith came in motion and then went back the opposite way once the ball was snapped i mean yes mac played fantastically he he had a very good season Mm -hmm. um an all-time best season i think he outperformed to it um the year prior but yeah uh I'm not sure about Mac still because um, mm-hmm. he had a lot of things going for him. He plays behind one of the best offensive lines in football. He has one of the best runners in um, football. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about Devontae Smith being the most dynamic playmaker in football. So, yes, Mac Jones certainly played well. He deserves credit for that. But it's hard to evaluate him as a prospect with so much um, things in his favor around him. Yeah, yeah. I mean – that's fair or whatnot, and but I also think you know you got to get this guy you know his his due credit or whatnot. You know, again, 
36 of 45, 464 yards, the 464 being a, 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 a record now for the uh, title game, uh, broke Joe Burrow's record just from last year, right? And um, and five touchdowns, I mean, that's that, that ain't nothing to sneeze at, you know what I mean? And and even with the right, you know, things uh, going on around you and having the right uh, players, you know, running backs and you got the skilled guys and so forth, everybody's not throwing for 4,500 yards and, and over 40 touchdowns with just four interceptions. You know what I mean? So I, I believe he deserves some portion of credit. You know what I mean? I don't want to, uh, I guess, uh, over credit him, but at the same time, this dude balled out with, you know what I mean? Even with the circumstances being in his favor and so forth, I, I've seen QBs have great teams around him and, and do a lot less than what he did. So, I do want to give him some credit for what he was able to accomplish because that wasn't no small feat. Also, putting himself in the Heisman uh, conversation to, you know, in the finalists or whatnot, him, Devontae Smith, and, of course, uh, Najee Harris being uh, the top five. So, I mean, I think the kid did a fantastic job. Uh, Definitely did a lot more than what any of us expected uh, coming into the season. And um, like I said, I just think that uh, ultimately we got to give them a little more credit than uh, what everyone else seems to give them. You know what I mean? You made a lot of good points. Max certainly um, produced statistically, not just in that game, but the entire season. And what he did very well to play mistake-free football. I think that fumble was his first fumble of the season. So Mm -hmm. Mac Jones certainly deserves quite a bit of credit for the way he's played. Oh, yeah, definitely, man, definitely. So, uh with that, man, I know it's early. We just had the national championship game take place. Bama's still uh, smoking those victory cigars. But uh, give me your early picks for the college football playoffs. Which four teams do you think will ultimately be the four teams uh, in the college football playoffs come next year? Well, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And it's the most important position in football. And a team that stands out immediately is Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler. Mm. You know, they had what somewhat of a disappointing season for, for Oklahoma standards, not making the playoffs. But mm. I look for big things with them next year. Um, I think this is Rattler's first year as being the full-time starter. So for sure. he, sh- he should be much improved going into next season. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also intrigued by North Carolina, Sam Howe. You know, okay. another talented sophomore had um, – a lot of highs and some lows last season and I anticipate that he'll be really good and you know Mac Brown's been doing a pretty good job of recruiting at North Carolina so it'll be interesting to see the type of um, progress that they could make mm-hmm. and then you know it, it goes back to your list of usual suspects Alabama's going to be Alabama mm-hmm. and you know Clemson will probably be Clemson you know DJ got some uh, quality playing time in the game against Notre Dame a game that they lost but he still looked um, very good, like one of the best quarterbacks in his class. So yeah. those are the couple of teams that I expect to be in the mix next year for the college football playoffs. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, you that you focused on the uh, QBs because that's exactly what I predicated my predicament off of, right? Uh, I started kind of looking at the college football landscape and I started looking at which quarterbacks are coming back, you know what I mean, which quarterbacks will be in there next year that weren't in there this year and so forth. And that's why I predicated my uh, early picks for the college football playoffs. So I have Alabama because of Bryce Young. Um, this kid is going to be special, man. I watched him when he was in uh, high school, and, and this kid can flat out play. He's not just, you know what I mean, some flash in the pants uh, QB. The, the kid can really throw the ball. 
And so I think that's going to keep Bama, of course, competitive. They, I'm pretty sure they got another top two or three recruiting class or whatnot. Um, but he's a special player, and I expect big things from him. So I expect to see Bama there next year. The other team is Clemson. Uh, DJ Ugalele, I think is how you say his name. Um, I didn't even try to pronounce it. I'll <laughs> leave that up to you. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. If, I, if I'm butchering it, DJ, I'm sorry. But um, – He's a special kid as well. Um, we actually got a chance to see him this year in some limited action when um, Trevor Lawrence uh, had the whole COVID issue go down. And, um, and that's how they ultimately lost that uh, game against Notre Dame. But nonetheless, they got their revenge. But So DJ Ugalele at Clemson, I think he's going to be a special player. He's going to keep Clemson right there in the uh, thick of things. Um, you said Oklahoma. I also had Oklahoma because of Sp- uh, Spencer Rattler or whatnot. Um, the kid can play. Uh, you know, this was his first full year starting or whatnot. And um, he had some, you know, rough uh, patches uh, starting out. But um, I seen some some really good things against, uh, you know, when they played Texas, the Red River rivalry and so forth. He had some really good uh, things going on for him. Um, so he's going to be a special player. Um, and, I, and if I'm correct, I think he's on that early Heisman list, uh, you know, watch list or whatnot. So I think uh, Oklahoma will be a team to look out for next year. And my other team is Georgia. I don't know if you heard, but JT Daniels is returning to Georgia, and they're going to make a run at it next year. They were 4-0 with him as the starter, man. So I think Georgia's going to have something to say about being one of those uh, four teams representing in the college football playoffs next year, especially if JT Daniels is uh, able to stay healthy for the whole year. And uh, we've seen some good things with them um, this year in limited action, you know, um, 4-0. They didn't lose with them at the helm. So I think Georgia's going to be that team there as well. And um, just another dark horse team that possibly may get there outside of the Power 5 schools, Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter, he's another QB who they thought was going to come out, but he's returning to school this, uh, you know, next year. And uh, this kid can flat out play and Probably going to play himself into uh, uh, being a first-round pick. He may have been a first-round pick this year had he come out. So um, they're just that dark horse team that I think possibly has a chance of uh, getting in that college football playoffs if they have a great season similar to what they had this year. And then they having that QB come back and do some special things for him with another year of experience under his belt. So those are my four teams plus one. Um, that I think can possibly make the college football playoffs coming in the next year. Early picks, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you might want to be on the lookout for Liberty as well as another, what do you call it, group of five team. I believe mm-hmm. they returned their quarterback and quite a few starters as well. They had a really good season this year. And, um, you know, Hugh Freeze, nobody's offered him another job yet. So he'll be back and they're recruiting at a pretty decent level. Mm-hmm. Um, for the type of school that they are, so uh, you know, on paper they they may be a, a a team that crashes the party in terms of making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, it'll definitely be uh, interesting, and uh, I, I I imagine we'll have some of this uh, COVID stuff uh, calm down, you know, a little bit going into the next season. So hopefully, yeah, it's not it as big of a factor, you know. So, business as usual yeah know, the hopefully. traditional college football cycle you yeah. know with spring football and all that type of stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then speaking of business as usual my other question i uh wanted to bring up was nick saving to the nfl and would he do it 
you know, Nick Saban is a, a record at Alabama, 165 wins, 23 losses <laughs> at Alabama, seven national titles. The guy makes almost $10 million a year in salary. Uh, you know, do you think he would actually take a, a, another uh, opportunity to, to, to try to go prove himself in the NFL? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, he's already proven to be the greatest college football coach in the history of the game, and mm-hmm. um, he's very well compensated at Alabama, and he has things uh, going in the right direction. I'm not sure why he would, you know, go to the NFL just for the sake of going to the NFL. You know, it's, yeah. it's absolutely no shame in being the greatest to have ever coached a profession at the college football level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, and, and but my thing, I guess I got a different, um, you know, perspective on it on the other side of the equation. Because my thing is, what else do you have to prove in college football, right? I mean, we we know you're the best college football coach that's that's graced the planet. You know what I mean? That we've witnessed, um, you know, and the seven national championships definitely speak to that. And uh, even a win loss record, I mean, 165 wins and only 23 losses, and your you know your time at Alabama um you know that's that that's just that's just a crazy record to have and um Nick Saban you know I just feel like when he went to the NFL he was 15 and 17 in the NFL he went 9 and 7 his first season in the NFL and if you remember his QB was Gus Farrat that year and then the next year was the year that was you know kind of fell off he went 6 and 10 but he had Joey Harrington at quarterback so I mean 15 and 17 two years in the NFL I mean Nick's the highest level of uh, competitor, and, and you mm-hmm. know I just would I would like to see it. You know him give it another shot. You know I know he's older and so forth, but at the same time I would like to see him give it another shot, go back to the league because I think this guy really knows what the heck he's doing. You know, and um, I would just like to see it because he just doesn't have anything left to prove at the college football level for me. And um, you know he can go win another three, four rings, uh, a championship with uh bama and it wouldn't move my needle one bit so it's just kind of like i feel like he's plateaued in the uh college football <laughs> playoff world so it's like let's go like go go get the next endeavor nick you're you're that great your greatness requires that to me you know uh, I, I i mean i don't know i disagree i mean he, i mean he's running the score up now mm-hmm. at the collegiate level right like mm-hmm. so he's gonna get to a level where um you know He's essentially the John Wooden of college football, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, as, as we've seen with Bill Belichick, right? Yeah, you're only as good a coach as the level of quarterback play that you have, right? Mm-hmm. So, depending on the situation that Saban could potentially be in, if, if he doesn't have a difference maker at quarterback, he's not going to be successful, regardless of how good a coach he is. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Nick, being a shrewd operator, right? Being a, a, a hell of a coach and understanding his failures uh, his first time around, right? I think if he were to do it, there's no way in hell that he wouldn't go to uh, a, a job opening or get hired in an, into a um, franchise without them having a franchise QB or being in position like Urban Meyer is with the Jags now to do that in the NFL draft a uh, franchise QB. So I just don't think that Nick Saban would actually go into it without that, you know what I mean, being rectified under center, without him having a bona fide guy on the center that he can win games with i don't see him making that mistake a second time around which is why i just kind of want to see him go and and do it just for you know he's just too great to not 
in my book. It's like Nick Saban should go back, prove that hey, I can win on this NFL level as well because I'm a, I'm a you know I'm meticulous and I know what the heck I'm doing and I know how to coach. And uh, I just would like to see it done because again in college football it's just nothing else to me that he can do to further solidify himself you know what i mean the guy can just go in four or five more of these things and it's just like okay i've seen this already i figured that's what's going to happen anyway you know yeah but see the thing is he's he's chasing greatness right like so Mm -hmm. he, he what he's doing currently might not be appreciated in the moment, mm-hmm. but you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you're going to look back at this level of dominance, and it's like, you know, this is something essentially that may never occur again in history. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. So, I guess only time will tell. And um, as of right now, we expect uh, St. Nick to return to college football next year and uh, keep the party rolling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, with that, man, um, we had some breaking news that took place not too long ago. Urban Meyer is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. Jacksonville hired Urban Meyer to come and be the head guy to right this ship and get everything going in the right direction. And they're primed to draft Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick. Um, I don't think... Uh, you can get things set up much nicer than this. You know what I mean? Um, Urban Meyer's coming in. He won three national championships at college, two at Florida, one at Ohio State. Um, he had a 187 and 32 record in college, 12 and three in bowl games. So he's he's proven himself on the college level. Uh, done it at the highest level. Shows that he's a you know one of the best coaches in college football of all time. Uh, and you know, in my opinion. And uh, now he's here in Jacksonville, man. What do you think about that? Well, what a great time to be a Jaguar fan. You know, we've suffered so much poor football play. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, what was it, two playoff seasons over the last 20 years. Yeah, It's good for, you know, the fans of Jacksonville to finally be getting some level of excitement. Now, I know this isn't, doesn't necessarily translate on the field, but at least we have something to cheer about. Um, during the off season, now, mm-hmm. as far as Meyer goes, um, you know the the trend in the league lately has been to hire guys who are coordinators or guys who call plays. And yeah. the thing that I appreciate about Urban is, like Urban is a leader of men, so he's not necessarily going to be the guy that calls plays on offense or defense. But what he will do is set the foundation for what the organization will be, mm-hmm. and that's something that Jacksonville is sorely needing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and you're right about that. Um, just having a guy who who knows how to lead, um, you know, who's who's showing what he wants and so forth, um, is definitely gonna go a long way, um, you know, towards the success, the overall success, long term success. Uh, I I felt like going into this off season, the way things were setting up, I was talking to other Jaguar fans, um, you know, and I was telling them, I think this may be the most important off season in the history of the of the you know franchise because there are so many things that are lining up as far as the stars are lining on paper you know what i mean um you know having the number one overall pick you know getting having a chance to get this generational qb that's coming into the league from college football and then you hire urban meyer you know with the additional talent young talent that's on the roster with like cj henderson and 
Allen on defense, and then you got James Robinson at running back, and you got DJ Chark at wide receiver. So you have some things that are really uh, cornerstone pieces, right, that you can build off of and really take off from here. And uh, I think everyone's seeing that that opportunity is staring them right in the face, and I think that's what a – you know, excitement is coming in from, and then you make a big splash higher like Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's inevitably going to get you know get excited and, and and get amped up for this next uh you know evolution in the franchise, right? I agree, and uh, you know we appear to be had a pick in Trevor Lawrence, and then we have an additional first round pick, mm-hmm. and then we have two picks in the second. So, like to to your point, the the future of Jacksonville could be very fr- bright, uh, provided that the the Jaguars um, capitalize on all the picks that they have. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, um, you know, you got the NFL draft coming up, so that's going to be the next part of it. Um, The Jaguars also have to uh, hire a general manager prior to that. Um, I'm hearing some rumors about uh, Trent Baalke. I don't know uh, any particular candidates that you're hearing, but that's the last guy that I was hearing. That might be uh, coming into the fold and working with Urban to try to get this thing going in the right direction. Um, I don't know. You know, I never heard of uh, the the scenario in which I read in an article with uh, 247 Sports. I heard somewhere in the, or read somewhere in the article that Urban was going to have the uh, power to pick his general manager. And I don't think I've ever heard of a head coach picking the GM. It's normally the GM picking a head coach. So I thought that was kind of unique uh, reading that in the article, and I don't know whether that's true or not. But, again, that was the first time that I heard of that. And um, so he's definitely uh, going to have to get a GM. And uh, once they get that GM, I'm sure they're going to hit the ground running to, you know, draft the best available players to fit what they want to do with this new culture that Urban's going to bring to the Jaguars. Well, I mean, don't get it confused. Somebody may have the title of GM, but I'm sure – Urban will have final decision making in terms of who gets drafted or who's on the roster, that type of thing. Being that this is his first, you know, his first foray into the, the National Football League, I'm sure the general mm-hmm. manager role will be more of kind of a, a advisor to Urban. Yeah. But like I said, ultimately he will be the the uh, decision maker in terms of what players are on the roster. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that because I don't see him coming into this situation without having control over how things are going to play out. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we one of the biggest things or one of the biggest, I guess, uh, uh, reservations that some Jaguar fans that I spoke to had was about Urban Meyer's uh, inability, I guess, to, to stay anywhere long, right? But, um, you know, as I explained to him, hey, man, you know, the, the, the culture of the National Football League now, there's not too many coaches, you know, staying around longer than four or five years to begin with. You know what I mean? Uh, hopefully that's the case for Urban and, you know, here in Jacksonville. Definitely wanted to be a long-term thing, but it wouldn't be out of the ordinary that, you know what I mean, hey, after a few, you know, after five years or so that, you know, he moves on or whatever the case may be, who knows. But, you know, I just told them, hey, in the National Football League, these coaches are coming and going. Um, we don't have the, you know, franchises like the Pittsburgh Steelers that, you know, I think they've had three coaches in the past 50 years or something. I don't know. It's yeah, been forever, yeah. right? So they keep their guys that they hire, and they allow those guys to, you know, to continue building um, on the foundation that's set forth. And that's what great organizations do. So hopefully that that's, that's what uh, Shaq Khan was thinking 
when he hired Urban Myers, you know, to keep him here for as long as Urban wants to be here. You know what I mean? Now that I'm getting into that vicious cycle of firing coaches and hiring coaches, you know, I don't think that's yeah. a model of a good franchise, i.e. my Eagles. You know, we fired our only <laughs> Super Bowl winning coach three years out, you know, after he won the Super Bowl. So that, that that's just crazy to me. Uh, well, just to go back to Urban Meyer for a moment, I don't anticipate him being here for the long term, but the thing that Urban's done a very good job of in his career is surrounding himself with good assistant coaches. So um, I wouldn't be surprised for him to uh, redefine the organizational structure and then maybe hand that off to one of his assistants mm-hmm. who maybe um, better serve the, the coaching team in the long run. But I think Urban does an excellent job of developing um, – the culture of an organization you see what he does at ohio state mm-hmm. he left the program and it was in very good hands yep um florida and utah he, he, yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then you look at all the assistants that he had with him and how a lot of those guys have gone on to do very good things yeah. um, on their own so uh, yeah like i said it, I, i'm excited about the possibility and you know, to be a, a Jaguar fan being bad for so long, we finally have something to celebrate. <laughs> Definitely have something to celebrate, man. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm not even a Jaguar fan, but, of course, we live in the area, so I, I'm definitely intrigued by it. I want to see how this whole thing, you know, matures, you know, matures and, and, and evolves and so forth, and, and I'm looking forward to it. We got to see what's next, see how long this contract was that Urban signed. I haven't seen any uh, information on that. And then we got to get into who he's going to hire on his staff. I would hope that he hires some NFL guys, you know what I mean, some guys that been there and done that to, to make sure that they can uh, navigate those, uh, you know, those, those potholes in the road, you know what I mean. And, I would uh, agree. That would be that going. would be a, a very good strategy. I mean, you look when um, Sean McVay took over the Rams. Mm-hmm. He went and hired um, Way Phillips. Phillips to be yeah to be his defensive coordinator, a guy yep. who had been a head coach in the league, who was very experienced to kind of help him navigate the waters, being a first year head coach. So I think you make an excellent point that you know Urban should definitely get somebody with some prior experience in the NFL to help him um, deal with some things that he he's not familiar with at the moment. Yeah, man. So I, I'm definitely, um, you know, looking forward to, you know, seeing what the next part of that process is. And hopefully he does surround himself by, you know, guys like that who've been there, done it, and uh, they can help him navigate and help him succeed on the highest level. That's what's going to be best for the organization. So I'm definitely looking forward to it, man. And uh, we're going to see how everything goes and the draft and all of this stuff, man. The Jags really have something to be super excited about. For the next what six months until the season start, right? So uh, yeah, I'm man. definitely looking forward to it, man. You and me both. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Well, Kev, I appreciate you spending this time on the uh, third episode here. Um, looking forward to the next one. We definitely got a lot more things we can get into and break down, man. But uh, we're gonna break off from here. Uh, Kev, you got anything to say to the people before we sign off? Hey Jaguar fans, it's been a great. It's what a time to be alive. We're what a time! Trevor Lawrence, we got we getting Urban Meyer, um, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson once out of Houston. This is our time. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you back? Cut it out, man. Hey, I had a good time with you, man. And as usual, man, to the people listening, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the 
out of the fifth quarter, man. We had fun with you, and we're looking forward to you guys joining us on Look, the next episode. Man. I put the pack Signing in the trunk, now I'm back in the front, and I'm dashing the whip on the road. Yeah. Met this little baddie, we little, but back there, Chris ain't smashing, and I gotta go. Dripping like I caught a lead, too much water around me, it makes sense, I got too many flows. On top of the pillar, can't settle for silver, I always deliver like straight to the dough.